Hey everyone, welcome to My Two Cents with Tawanda Harris. This is a podcast dedicated to educators, for educators, and by educators. Yes, it's all about encouraging, it's all about sharing strategies, it's all about going on an educational journey with each other. You are not alone, and I hope that when you finish listening to this podcast, you feel like you went on a journey with educators around the world. Thank you for tuning in to My Two Cents. Y'all, contrary to what others may say, self-care is not selfish. As educators, we often try to put everything on our shoulders and keep moving, and we get tired. During this pandemic, we've had a lot of tired educators, including me. In this episode, we are going to talk about some practical ways that we can put ourselves first. I know it sounds crazy, but it's important that we do that so that we can be the best that we can be for our friends, our families, and our students. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited today. Uh, We are going to talk about self-care. Who cannot, who cannot use enough talk about self-care? I know I listen to it, but it's not that I, I do it. But anywho, we have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Beulah Martin. And she is going to share with us her journey and give us some tips on how we can do a better job on self-care as educators. Are you ready? Ready, ready. Yes, I am. Awesome, awesome. All right, so let's start off by uh, sharing your journey with us to be Martin Wellness. So first of all, thank you, Tawanda, for having me. It is such a pleasure to be able to chat with you as well as with your audience. Um, For me, it's been a lifelong journey. I tell people I literally was born heavy. I was 10 pounds when I was born. And so it's kind of been one of those things where initially my wellness journey started with me battling my weight. And as I started to get myself healthier at my heaviest, I was 286 pounds. And so I went on this journey and I started to get myself healthier, lost over a hundred pounds. And I came to realize that it wasn't just eat less and exercise more. Like there was changes that was happening in me and it became like this puzzle and so I really started developing a wellness journey instead of just a weight loss journey and out of that I discovered that there were eight dimensions to wellness and I started putting those pieces together and that's when in 2019 B Martin Wellness was formed and so it's been a couple years now and just excited to be able to pour into the lives of others as well and help them to be well. You bring up so many good points. Like I think about right now where we are um, in this technology. uh, I don't, it's not really a bubble, but like with Zoom and Teams and Google Meets and all of these things that as educators, we are now asked to sit in front of a screen. We barely even get up. And so I know for me, if I were to show you a picture of what is around me, I have all of my snacks for the day. I have all of my drinks for the day and rarely do I get up. So when you talked about your weight journey, I think about just me sitting here and trying to get stuff done 
for my students or for my, um, you know, when I work with teachers. So for you, why is prioritizing self-care? You talked about that, that self-care being the difference between a weight loss journey and a wellness journey. Why is that important? And why is it so hard for us? Well, one of the things, um, there's a couple things that you addressed in that that I'll take a, a look at. And one of the things is there's a mindset shift that has to happen. And as educators, and I lump myself in with educators, although I'm a speech language pathologist, I currently work in a school setting. And so as educators, we've been trained that we do everything for everyone else. You know, that we got to take care of the kids. We got to respond to the emails. We have to do this. We have to do that. And we don't put ourselves on the schedule. So just like you give your students a brain break, you need a brain break. And especially in this virtual environment, you need to step away from the screens. I tell people all the time, you know, when you and I had the opportunity to chat a couple of weeks ago during my workshop, you know, it was just like, oh, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But it's just like, just like you pour into your students, you have to pour into yourself. And so as a teacher, a great thing that you can do is incorporate it into your lesson. You know, one of the things in our school district that I love that a lot of the teachers do is they have mindfulness as a part of it. And so they may sit quietly, they'll put on the Calm app or put on um, Headspace, which by the way, has free access for educators. So all of you all out there, definitely access it for yourself and your students. But how how about a movement break too? You know, get up and dance around, move around, you know, as well and be like, listen, we're going to come back in five minutes. I promise you that five minutes, you can get quite a few steps in and it'll help your students as well as yourself too. That's good. That, that's really good. Um, one of the things that I remember uh, you saying in the workshop is when you take care of you, you have more energy to give those that depend on um, that depend on you. Um, how does that, how can this be helpful for teachers during this time, just keeping that in the back of their mind? You kind of spoke to it, but specifically, how can that be helpful when you're talking about energy? I think one of the things in the image that always comes to mind for me, I don't know if you or any of your listeners are um, familiar with Lisa Nichols, but she says you have to give from a full cup. Like you should be giving to others from your saucer. Keep your cup full for you, but it's in that overflow. Because what happens when you don't is you become resentful. You know, I've given everything to everybody and I've done everything for everyone. And now I have nothing left for me. But guess what? That's your fault. That's your responsibility. And so it's that prioritizing again. And so when you take care of yourself, when I get up in the morning and I pray and I meditate and I journal and I exercise and I drink my water all before I get to work at nine o'clock, I'm ready now because I poured into me. So whatever it is that my administrators need me to do, however many IEP meetings I have, however many eligibilities or evaluations I need to do, okay. I'm good because I've already done something for me and I'm not thinking about when can I fit it in because yeah. I've done it on the front end. Yeah. And, and that's good to even just think about how you start off your day. And, you know, I think one of the struggles that just we as educators have is putting, we're so used to putting everyone in front of us, especially our students, because we know 
We have big hearts. Our students need us. You know, we want to be there for our students. We want the best for our students. But in this time, I think I've learned more now than ever that doing that is more of a strain and it's more draining on the adult than anything. And you have a very limited amount to give to your students because you're not filling your cup up first. I like that. You give from your saucer. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> and I have nothing in my saucer. You can't have it yet. Hold on. <laughs> That's right. From your overflow. From your overflow. I mean, and the other analogy that a lot of people know that's similar to that is put your own oxygen mask on first. You know, if you've ever been on a plane, it doesn't matter. You can have an infant that you just gave birth to two days ago that you love so much. You need to put on your mask before you put on that infant's mask. Because if you're not okay, you, they, you can't help them. You're going to be of no benefit. So definitely. So that's another one that, you know, you guys may remember. But um, to speak to something else that you just said, too, that I think educators struggle with. And guys, please don't send me hate mail. Please don't be mad at me. But I know this is a word that we don't like. And it's boundaries. Mm-hmm. We have to put boundaries in place and educators as a whole we like to be liked you know we want to be esteemed we want the administrative staff to think high of us we want the central office staff to think high of us whatever those things and that's lovely if that's your thing but you need boundaries because boundaries help you to protect you you protect your time you protect your space you protect your energy you know and I'm a person where I have very strong boundaries and I make it clear to everyone from day one in my interview I make it clear that listen this is not what I do so if you choose to hire me please understand that there's some things that I'm just not gonna do you know and so you have to do that and you have to keep them in line. And although we think people don't like when we say no to things, people actually respect you more because they'll know, oh, you know what? I can't go to Beulah with that. I already know. Or, oh, you know what? Let me not ask Tawanda that because Tawanda needs to leave right at four because she needs to get her son to basketball. And that's her priority because now her contract time is up, you know, so. That's good. And it, it takes courage to prioritize your, prioritize yourself. Um, yeah. One of the things I always put on as my hashtag is cherish every moment. Um, yes. I, again, I keep going back to the pandemic. You know, what it has taught us is that the moments that we have are precious. Um, and yeah. sometimes, you know, we, we give so much to everyone else and we look up and the very people that are important to us, we don't spend time with them or we don't cherish them or we don't just, you know, relish in the joy of the relationships that we have. So I think that is a a great point that you bring up is to make sure that you do set boundaries. And it is hard. Like I am not in any way saying that it's easy, especially when I didn't say it in my interview. That is great that you said it in your interview. But I, I thinking back to my interviews, no, I was just like, I need the job. I want the job, whatever I need to do to get there. And that is such a mind shift that we have to do. It's a mindset. And I'll tell you exactly what I said in my interview, Talanda, because, and I actually learned this mindset from a speech language pathologist in DeKalb County. When I was in graduate school at Ohio State, my aunt is a social worker 
in DeKalb County. She introduced me to her school SLP. And she said to me, you're going to learn everything you need to know about speech, artic, language, fluency, all of that. She said, the thing that I want you to take away from this is to never take work home. So that was my first boundary. She said, do not start it as a single person and you do not have to worry about it when you get married and you have children because it's not fair to your family that you're infiltrating your house with this stuff. So when I had my interview, I said to her, I was like, well, it was two of them. I said, I need you guys to understand. I said, I'm a person with very strong boundaries. And this was after me having um, been in the schools before and came back because I've done a couple different things in the speech field. And I was like, listen, I cannot bring my laundry to work. So please don't expect me to bring work home. You know, and they just looked at me and one of them, she said, I like your philosophy. And she wrote down what I said. The other, her facial expressions didn't quite agree with me, but I wanted them to be clear, you know, like this is my expectation. And so that's why for me being in the pandemic, the hardest thing has been working from home because now work has infiltrated my house. And I'm like, no, this is not okay. Yeah. So, you know, last year uh, when the quarantine hit, it was kind of like that fight or flight, like just figure it out as you go. And you had to, we all had to just kind of prioritize, reprioritize, put it all together and everything when it came to teaching. Now, those lessons that you learned, that we all learn lessons, what, how has that helped to shape your approach to this school year? Um, One of the big things for me that came out of the pandemic, and you mentioned it earlier, was about time and cherishing the moments and being with family. And so what I've done in this year as it relates, you know, to taking care of myself is using my leave more. And I know a lot of people are like, girl, we're in a virtual environment. Why are you taking leave? Because I need a mental health day. It's too much. The fight or flight has taken me over and I just need to chill. Like I need to sit here and do nothing. I need to go walk by the lake. I need to go to the beach. You know, in January, I took a five day weekend because we had some time off and I just needed to take one day of leave. I created a five day weekend and went down to North Carolina to the beach because I'm like we need it and we have to value ourselves so that was one of my big lessons the other one is to start and end on time like it's paramount because now you're in a virtual situation where you could work 24 7 if you wanted to you know so you never get a break you never get away from it and more than anything I'm seeing teachers struggle with the mental health aspect of all of this we all learn the technology we figured that out you know even those who have been teaching for 40 years they figured out the technology piece but that social emotional piece that that is huge that is huge yeah Mm mm-hmm Yes, the, the social emotional, you know, it's the, the adult SEL is, is something that is serious. Adult social emotional learning, we oftentimes think about it for our students, but what about the adults in the building? What about that? And, you know, I think of administrators that have focused in on that, how powerful that is. And what a statement that says for you as a leader that that social emotional piece is important for your teachers you know, in essence, there's a value there. 
you know, so I'm not guilty. I don't feel guilty when I say, you know, I need a mental health day. Oh, Tawanda, I have to share this story with you. And that's one of the reasons why I love talking about caring for yourself while caring for others, because that's what educators do. You know, it's just like you care for everyone else. But when you talk about administrators and how they prioritize social emotional well-being one of my favorite experiences and I tell everybody this team of administrators is like the standard by which I judge others and as a matter of fact one of them was at my workshop last night and I said on the very first day you know how you get back to school and you have all the orientation and that very first day back to school the principal said she said listen when you guys come in here, I need you to be able to give 100%. She said, if you ever wake up and you feel like today is not the day, please roll over and call out. It is okay. We will find a substitute. If I have to go into your classroom myself, I will. But please don't walk through my door if you're not ready to give 100%. <laughs> she said, that's why you have leave. And girl, when I tell you she meant that thing, she meant that thing. Because when I worked there, I seen her do everything except scrub a toilet. And she, maybe she did that when I ain't see it. But <laughs> who knows? There was nothing that she would not do. You always felt empowered by them to be able to take care of yourself. They loved on you. They cared for you. They truly had an open door policy. So I would encourage any administrator to take care of your people. Because when you take care of them and they know that you're genuinely concerned about them, you actually not have a lot of them taking leave uh -huh. most of most people take leave because they just like you know what they don't care anyway I don't matter but when you feel like you matter then you're there because you understand that those who are leading you they care for you and they leave based on relationship and not title yes that's good relationship and not title yes all right so now I have my listeners listening in. We're all hyped up about self-care. Yes, I'm going to put myself first. I need to bottom shelf it for all of us. What are some practical ways that educators can start this work today? Drinking your water. When you have your laptop open and your kids are doing their thing, have your water bottle. You're me. A hit dog hollers. A hit dog hollers. You don't want to know what I have right in my hand. Yes, water. Okay, water. Number one. Yeah, okay. We have to drink our water. Step away from your desk for lunch. I don't care if you have 10 minutes, you have 30 minutes. I know you have more than 10 minutes because every contract gives you at least 30. So understand that is not time you are paid for. So stop volunteering and step away and eat your lunch and digest your food. Stop scarfing it down. So that's number two. Number three, move, move and move. Get up and walk. Stop emailing your coworkers. Stop yelling across the cubicle. Walk over there <laughs> instead of sending that email. You know, go and drop that thing off. When you get to school early, because we know you get into school early, take a lap around the school before you go in the building. When you leave late, because we know you stand late, take a lap around the school before you leave the building. Mm. And 
just little things like that, you'll be amazed if you just get up and get in motion. Nobody's saying you got to go and run for 10 miles. If that's your thing, then by all means do that. But it's those little things that you can incorporate. The mindfulness that I talked about earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, do it with your students, make it a part of your morning meeting, you know, make it a part of your circle time that you're going to have five minutes of quiet you know if you're a parent we do it all the time we're gonna play the quiet game so do it with your students we're gonna play the quiet game the first person to talk oh they are gonna lose two points or whatever your token system is in your classroom (laughs) so that you just have that space of quietness Mm, that's good okay oh you have given us so much i i oh I have to I have to listen to this uh this episode again and again and again to be be reminded. Okay, Beulah said I gotta drink some more water. Beulah said I need to get up and move. I need to eat my lunch away from my computer. I'm going, I'm a work in progress. That was really, really helpful. Very practical. Yeah. Uh, and easy to get started today. Yeah. All right. So here is one thing that I've started to do with my listeners that uh, we get to see another side of you, uh, which is fun. Uh, it is the rapid fire questions that I have. So you don't need to elaborate, but you can just kind of quickly tell us what those answers are. So are you ready? Oh, I think so. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. What? Is this one of those, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Is this one of those first thing that come to mind type things? Yes. yes. Um, first thing that comes to mind. Okay. All right. What is your guilty pleasure? Oh, Lily's dark chocolate. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So as a teenager, what song could you listen to over and over again? Ah! When I'm alone in my room, sometimes I stare at the wall and then I LL Coochie, I need love. Yes. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. And lastly, what is your favorite season of the year? It's fall. It is fall, fall, fall. I am all about change and fall is God's reminder to us that change is okay. I love the fall. And I love to wear my winter boots. Shall I add that in? you know I'm a sandals girl being from Florida oh, come to embrace me. I am Massachusetts all day <laughs> okay so now what tips would you give to our listeners if you have I know you've given us lots of tips but any other things that you want to add um, so that our listeners can walk away with um the other thing that I want to share because we are all educators is looking at your intellectual wellness. A lot of times we think about learning because we have to for CEUs, right? We have to do our continuing education. And usually it's things centered around our profession. But I want you to expand that. Get outside of that box and learn something new. Create some new synapses in your brain, some new neural pathways, and learn something new unrelated to education, unrelated to teaching. If you ever wanted to knit, you wanted to crochet, you wanted to ride a bike, I don't know, whatever it is you wanted to do, do something in that area 
And that way you will expand your intellectual wellness as well. Don't always focus on just learning things for work. Learn things for pleasure as well. I like that. I like that. My husband years ago bought me a scrap, a scrapbook uh, kit. And yeah. uh, it's still in the box. Okay, Tawanda, your husband bought you one. I bought myself one because I was going to be scrapbooker extraordinaire. Honey, let me tell you, I end up gifting that to someone because I'm like, Beulah, you don't sit still long enough to scrap. I know, I know. I, 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 this is going to be a journey for me to figure out what it is that I want to do. So thank you for that. All right. So where can folks find you on social media? You can find me on Facebook as well as Instagram at B Martin Wellness. It's B-E-M-A-R-T-I-N Wellness, as well as on my website at bmartinwellness.com. Okay. And also the workshops that you had talked about that I attended, will you be having any more of those? Is that Yes, ma'am. So we had one um, last night. And so we're going to have the next one. It'll be April 25th at 4pm. And that's up on my website as well. Um, and the name of the workshop is caring for yourself while caring for others. And so you can go there and sign up and I'm actually um, giving out a prize to the first person that registers. So don't delay if you're trying to attend. Yes. And, and you also have, see, I feel like I need to tell all of the greatness that you're doing. You have a book. Yeah. I do. So I have, thank you. Thank you. I have a gratitude journal because that is my thing. I feel like when you are grateful, you are given more to be grateful for. And so with that, we have to constantly put ourselves in the space of gratitude, no matter how bad a situation is find something to be grateful for. And so in my journal, um, I lead you through with prompts. And so there's prompts there for you to look at each area of your wellness. I also, if I may share, have a book that's coming out probably next week. Um, and that one will be on 28 days of walking by faith. And so it's incorporating your spiritual and physical wellness. Oh, that sounds, that's good. And I'll put all of this in the show notes as well so that uh, folks can go straight to that um, and just, you know, benefit from all of the great things that you are doing um, in wellness and just really challenging the way we think about things. So thank you so much. Um, it has been a joy talking uh, to you. And I hope as listeners, you have gotten a lot from this and, you know, primarily, just to really sit back and think about ways to put you first. Um, as she, as Beulah has said, we have to give from our saucer. I'm going to remember that. If I <laughs> Look, I quoted Lisa, so y'all make sure y'all give Lisa her credit. <laughs> but that was my big thing. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, really making sure that we are giving from the overflow and that we are not depleting from you know what we have uh, because it's hard to give 100%. So thank you all for listening. Um, happy teaching and I will see you all next, not see, I will talk to you all next episode. Have a great day. Take care. Bye everyone.